Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What is going on everybody? My name is Connor Lawler. Welcome to another week of Movie Mondays. This is the Heroes for Hire podcast. We are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news, and just generally having a bit of a chit-chat about everything to do with film. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Mr. Sean Meehan. Sean, how is it going? It's not great, Connor. I have a big fight. Okay, so a bit of preamble here. Uh, there's a big lizard and a big gorilla. And they're both yeah. fighting, and somehow I've become the referee. Okay, and somehow are you wearing the black and white like stripes? Oh, oh, abs- you know I'm wearing the black and white stripes, oh. Connor. And like I'm not a fucking fool, Connor. Obviously, I'm wearing the black and white stripes when I'm refereeing between a big dragon and a big monkey. I said, and I commissioned a big crane in the middle of the city, and it's just going <laughs> to lower down a mic to me. What did, what happens when they start like when boxers they start like hugging each other like all right guys break it up stand back stand back <laughs> <laughs> to get involved <laughs> all right guys come on back up back up give them some room <laughs> no but that's that's how my week is going how are you <laughs> I, I'm pretty good eh? we're recording this a little earlier on the Monday than that we normally do so. The day is only young shot. I'm full of beans. And There's so still so I'm, much time for news to come out and this episode I, to be out of date. I think we're taking our life into our hands, yes, doing this. <laughs> we always miss news when we go early. But I'm excited to start this week because we have a lot of news that very much interests me. We probably don't have, like... A massive trailer to talk about, but it's one of those weeks where there's lots of different news about properties that we're quite interested in. And I think they're they're quite fun weeks. Yeah, absolutely, and hopefully there's no look. The only thing I can hope for this week that there's no gimmick where you tell me it's news I'm going to really like, and then yeah. it turns out to be some really terrible news about the likes of oh I don't know James Bond or Willy Wonka or something. Would I ever do that to you? Every week, consistently. Every, every single week. Well, to be fair, then you have to expect it. But then you have to unexpect the expected. Wait, what? What? Wait. What? There's no time to die? What? <laughs> Our first news story. No time to die. <laughs> no. um, we are starting this week with a sequel, Sean, to a movie that everybody liked and has already had three sequels, I'm pretty positive, And that is Cloverfield. 
Um, the news this week is that there could be a proper sequel to original monster movies it in, to the original monster movie in the works. So a Cloverfield two. Right. As the po- okay. So as you said, we've already had some stories in the Cloverfield universe. Yeah. Uh, and but also. Isn't Cloverfield just... It, it's interesting because it's just a movie. Like, it's just like, here's this found footage type deal of a big monster attack. That is true. What's interesting about this is J.J. Abrams has signed on. His uh, company, Bad Robot, they're the ones producing this film. And so they've decided that they're going to go ahead with a Cloverfield too because they feel that might be the right way... Um, that might be the right direction to go for. Now, I don't know if... Maybe they seen the trailer for Godzilla vs. Kong and they thought, fuck, there's money in this. Let's go for it. Um, but this has only happened during the week. Now, the first Cloverfield was actually directed by Matt Reeves, who is currently directing The Batman. Um, yeah, and he did and, Planet of the Apes and stuff after that. And he did Planet of the Apes as well. So um, it nearly made like $200 million worldwide. It was like a found footage thing. But that was back in like 2008, where found footage was still kind of cool. Um, yeah, it was just on the edge of like paranormal, yeah, paranormal activity, <laughs> and people realizing, oh, we can just use one camera and have it be really low budget. Wait, so I don't have to buy a HD camera; I just buy a webcam and I make millions. Fucking hell! I'm just Look, carrying that- around my Sony Ericsson. <laughs> buy some of the Sony Ericsson. Have the actress look scared a few times. Go, what the fuck was that? Every so often, fucking money maker. Bank it in. The thing is, um, like. Because you had Cloverfield, the first Cloverfield. Then you had, like, years later, you had uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. That was in 2016. Yeah, it's it's all set in, like, a bunker. Um, Which is also, you know, it's kind of a um, (laughs) low-budget-y, up until the last five or ten minutes. Uh, It's kind of like a low-budget style movie and it was they turned it into like a psychological horror because it's like is John Goodman crazy or is he not um and then and I didn't watch the Cloverfield paradox so I've no idea what that's about I I feel like that got very uh low reviews is what I'd say that is set in space um and it was like a surprise drop on Netflix I think it was after the Super Bowl a few years ago um but what happened with Cloverfield or 10 Cloverfield Lane is the fact that I don't think that movie was ever part of the Cloverfield universe. I think that movie was made and then about halfway through they decided, oh, this would be cool in the Cloverfield universe. So it wasn't actually meant to be a true sequel. It was just meant to be a film that they kind of converted into that universe. Whereas this would be a Cloverfield 2. That they like are a direct starting, sequel. Yeah, a direct sequel. They are starting off with it and they're going, um, they're going for it full full throttle is what I was going to say but I, you know what I mean They're, they, they've decided at the start oh this is going to be a sequel rather than halfway through the process yeah and at, at the end of Cloverfield the first Cloverfield the monster is like defeated but also not it's coming back for definite like, mm. like it's it's the equivalent of the eggs hatching at the end of Godzilla kind of situation um, but there, were there eggs at the end of Cloverfield does anyone know no, but after the credits, um, there's like there's like you know like you play a Beatles tape in reverse and it says Paul is dead or something like that. But mm. in Cloverfield, you play the credits in reverse and it says it's it's alive or it's it's still there or something like that. Yeah, it's 
you know, really setting up a sequel back in 2008. Um, <laughs> Which they were very hot on the heels of with their pro- follow-up, Sean. Do you think this would work as well, though, now? Because now the surprise is gone, because in Cloverfield, you don't see the monster for most of it. I think Cloverfield, when it came out, was a really exciting idea. And it was a very unique idea. Like, you had the found footage idea with monsters, but you never see the monster, as you said, until, like, later on. And so you're always living in... The fear is what you can't see. Um, Since then, a lot has changed in terms of we've seen about 17 paranormal activity films. So everyone's kind of got accustomed to, oh, there's a monster. I can't see it on the camera. And this actress or actor is just like, oh, wow, there's a monster over there. I can kind of sense it. Um, You have that, but also... We have seen, what, two Godzilla movies since then that Godzilla looks amazing in. Um, And now we're getting a Godzilla vs. Kong, which I think the CGI to that will also be quite excellent, from what we've seen in the trailer, anyway. I feel like the world would be less excited about this than maybe if they brought it out in 2010 or 2011. Yeah, if you brought this out, like... I think maybe, and look, I hate to always bring it back to this, but like before like Avengers came out and and it became this big event film and you have these big CGI baddies that you look at all the time. If if it, if Cloverfield 2 came out pre that and it was a big monster rampaging across, you know, New York or wherever, I think, I think it would have been perfect timing for it. This feels very late and I feel that people don't remember Cloverfield as the monster movie now. They remember it as, oh, that weird Netflix sci-fi series. Yeah, and I think it had a lot of gas at the start. But as you said, I think it's lost that over the years. Especially because they've said that this sequel will not be a found footage film. So if you're just going outright, we follow the characters, I feel like then you're just competing directly with Godzilla. And those movies, can you match that CGI is going to be the main question. Because if it looks slightly worse or if it's not an interesting story, people have already seen that several times over the last five years. That's it. And we've also seen just vague giant monsters as well. Oh, a vague uh, giant monster is a favourite. Pacific Rim. Vague giant <laughs> monsters. <laughs> That's And look how well Pacific Rim 2 did. Oh, no. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> But and even like the likes of a quiet place has changed how like you know horror is done, really. So I do, I I think this is going to be a really bland action movie with a big monster. I I hope it is good, but it does run the risk of being Independence Day too. That like the first one came out was like wow the White House exploded. The second one comes out I was kind of like we've seen the White House explode fifty five times in between. Oh, cool. The, yeah. <laughs> the stakes have been consistently raised. Yeah. Um, so, but no, they are they're going to do a su- sequel to Cloverfield. I'm interested to see what J.J. Abrams can do with it. Um, I'm assuming there'll be a lot of uh, mystery boxes, a lot of, lot of things unsolved, maybe a setup to something to do with your family or no one. Maybe we'll learn, I don't know, <laughs> something about the monster we didn't know. I'm just... I'm interested to see what happens, but I'm also worried that it might take the first one and make it way worse and then kind of hurt the fact that, oh, well, the first one's actually kind of pretty good. What if it's the origin of the monster? (laughs) 
no. Him growing up and people bullying him. Just like, you suck, big monster. <laughs> Thomas Wayne punches him in a bathroom. <laughs> You're shit. And a bunch of kids beat him up as he's dressed as a clown, swinging a sign. He's just like, I'm a big monster, but it's work is work. You know what I mean? That's it. Like, I just think it's going to make the first film less interesting. Um, right, we're going to move on to an, our next piece of news, Sean. And this is something I think is going to interest you because it is about Tor, Love and Thunder. Now, we know that Tor, Love and Thunder has a lot of characters from other MCU movies in it, especially the Guardians. Um, it's been said that I think all of the Guardians of the Galaxy are in the cast for this film because the last time we seen Tor, he was on the Guardian ship leaving during uh, Endgame. Yeah, they're the now, Asgardians of the Galaxy. They're the Asgardians of the galaxy. Now, uh, and you also had that very funny scene with Peter Quill and Thor. And the two of them discussing, or talking to each other. It's like, this is my ship. Yes, no, you're the leader. Absolutely. You Everyone knows who's in charge. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But what our two favorite, two of our favorite directors, Shaw, work on both of those films. What if I told you that Thor Love and Thunder not only does have Taika Waititi working on it, directing the film currently... It also has James Gunn consulting on the Guardian story arc in the film. Ooh, I think this can only mean bad things, Connor. <laughs> There's too many chefs spoiled the broth. <laughs> the, the tasty, tasty broth of talented directors is what, spoiled. What if I have this beautiful broth and that beautiful broth, but I mix them together? It'll never work. Not a chance, my friends. What do you think about this idea? I think I think it makes a lot of sense because, like, uh, James Gunn set the tone for the Guardians movies. Um, I think even in like Infinity War and Endgame, James Gunn had a hand in the the Guardian portions of the script, and and it works because it it, it cements who they are in that universe. So it just reinforces the characters if they're all written by the same voice, essentially. And yeah, I think I think that's very important when you have 23 films over several different projects. Like, you have these directors that know these characters inside and out, and then you're kind yeah, of passing them on to someone else. That's it. This is the thing that Patty Jenkins said about Justice League, is that... Um, like in terms of Wonder Woman and the Amazons and things like that, Patty Jenkins doesn't recognise those characters in Justice League because they're not what she already established. Mm. Yeah, no. So, and and so the idea that Taika Waititi's working on this film, but he's now brought James Gunn in to help with, I can only assume, the first act of the film. I'm ve- This has increased my level for Thor, Love and Thunder, just excitement levels even further, and I didn't think that was possible. Yeah, imagine telling yourself... You know, back in 2010, oh, you're going to be really hyped for the fourth Thor film. <laughs> yeah. No, after Thor the Dark World, I was like, kill this character. Somebody stab him. <laughs> so bored. I want this ended. <laughs> uh, but yeah, just Thor 4, I mean, rolls off the tongue, first of all. But at the same time, it's just, it's so strange the world we're living in that we're all like, Thor 4, that's the one. That's going to be amazing. Has James Gunn involved? It has the ge- director from Guardians of the Galaxy. That film, I knew I'd love that in 2011. I, I knew that was coming yeah. down the line and I thought that was going to be great. That, like, if, if anyone uh, didn't check it out, we recently reviewed uh, Guardians of the Galaxy on the Patreon and we were just we were baffled by how it's, how much of a success it was. 
for how much of a hill it had to climb going in in terms of recognition. But now you're teaming that up with, you know, classic Norse god of thunder, Thor. And it's mm. shaping up to be one of the biggest films uh, on Marvel's slate at the minute. Uh, could this be the strongest film in the phase four? I don't think there's a weak link, is is the thing. Mm. Like, I genuinely think that they're... The the plans that the plans that they have at the minute and the way they've been presented to us they all seem very solid. Um, that it I don't think there's going to be an Inhumans in the middle of it, you know, or a Thor the Dark World, or a Thor. The, I think we'll never see a Thor the Dark World again, <laughs> or a Hulk. Uh, the first, <laughs> uh, no, Hulk. Yeah, no, we'll no, never no, see Ang Lee's Hulk. Hulk again. Incredible the other Hulk, Hulk is a beautiful film. <laughs> You, that is still the hill you die on, and it confuses me to this Connor, day. It is still canon. Abomination is coming back. <laughs> Every single movie since that movie, all twenty three, you've just been like, "This is the one. Abomination's coming back, lads." I'm so feeling it now. I'm fe- <laughs> you're sitting there with your little abomination hat and the little flag in the Cap- cinema, like any second. <laughs> Cap lifted me all near, and I was like, "Okay, any minute now, he's gonna." <laughs> Who's this Thanos guy? Why are they concentrating so much on him? Abomination's the one they want to watch out for. Just scouring the credits for Tim Roth. <laughs> Where are you? Lie to me. Where are you? Um, so, yeah, they are bringing um, James Gunn in to help with moving the Guardians characters through uh, Tor Forge. I think it's just a combination of probably the two best directors. Under If the roof doesn't stepped away, they're probably the two best directors that Marvel have. And they've kind of combined them together for this film. So I'm very much looking forward to this. Um, but Sean, something I know that you will definitely be looking forward to is mm. a movie from our childhood that oh. is now getting a reboot. Interesting. Please continue, mm. Connor. Spy Kids reboot is <gasps> happening with creator Robert R- Rodriguez. <laughs> I'm actually really excited about this. <laughs> Are you? Really? Like, sorry, I, I'm really interested in this. I wouldn't say excited. <laughs> like, you're not like leaving this call thinking, fucking hell, can't sleep tonight. Spike Kids <laughs> reboots happen. That's me done till Robbie Rodriguez is done. <laughs> until Abomination comes back, this is the second best. The, um, is, is there any details about, like, you know, plot? Because, okay, first of all, what's your favourite Spike Kids movie? I mean, is, is there a wrong answer, Sean? I think they're there all equally bad. <laughs> Give me strength. <laughs> Just rubbing his temples. Fuck it out. Um, I would say that maybe the first one. Ah, you're a prick. No, what? it's Spike Kids Two: Island of Lost Dreams. How was I meant to know that? <laughs> Because it's the one with Steve Buscemi in it, Connor. <laughs> All right, sorry. What's it called? This the Island of Lost Dreams. Spike Kids Two: Island of Lost Dreams. Yeah. Yeah, you thought you thought your dream of Spike Kids reboot happening had gone to that island, but no, it's coming back. <laughs> it it is. What? But is yes. it like? Are they are they still Spike Kids? Is it a new generation of Spike Kids, or am I still following uh, the the original Spike Kids? So Robert R- Rodriguez is the original creator and writer. Um, sorry, creator and original director, I should say, of all the Spike Kids films. Now, he's gone away for a few years, and now he's come back with Skydance Media, and they've decided that they're going to reboot the whole series. 
Now, they're not saying... They use the word reboot, so I'm assuming it's not a direct sequel unless you want to bring those kids back, but they're definitely not Sky Kids anymore. Or Spy Kids. <laughs> but um, Spy middle-aged. Spy middle-aged. Or spy in probably late 20s kids. Um, but they, they are... They're probably not coming back, but the director and the creator of the series has decided that the world needs more Spy Kids, Sean. And so a reboot is happening... Will this work with a modern audience? Is it cool? I don't know. I don't know, because Spy Kids came out in, like, the early 2000s, where technology was, like, shit, really. Um, (laughs) And so any, like, gadgets were just magic, because it was movie magic. Um, But now, uh, like, it's just going to be... They're just going to have phones. That's it, like... (laughs) Yeah, they're like, oh, wow, they've got an iPhone. Wait, I have an iPhone. Oh, all right. I'm a spy kids. <laughs> I'm a spy kids. Um, now, I think this is probably, in my opinion, this is all about streaming services. What they want, like, they're dying for ideas that have made money in the past. Like, they're they're looking for ideas that are proven. That's why the Mighty Ducks and everything are coming back. So, you have proven uh, commodities, such as the spy kids, that haven't been touched for 20 years. These these streaming services, whatever they are, Disney Plus, HBO Max, they're going to think, well, if we bring them to us, we'll get a whole host of new people in. Yeah, that's true. And, like, it, the, but the thing about Spy Kids as well is, and, okay, here here here's my thoughts. Mm. So, Spy Kids was very cool. Then the third one, they had a gimmick that it was in 3D and you got 3D glasses and everything like that. In... The fourth Spy Kids, they added like scratch and sniff kind of stickers that at certain points in the movie you would smell what was going on in the movie. How do you know this? I just. There's a lot rattling around up there, Connor. But. I just. Really? How were you not kicked out of the cinema at this stage? How was I not kicked out of film school? (laughs) Surely that was the first question. And then letting you in. Do you know what happens in the plot of Spy Kids 4? Well, yes. Get the fuck out. Leave the room. You're you're gone. You're gone. (laughs) But I think that in this reboot, they could do like a Bandersnatch type thing. In that you choose. You have some element of choice in the film. Mm -hmm. So you think they could set up several endings? Yeah, and then you have the branching Spy Kids timeline, of course. uh, Which... You know, it's going to cause havoc with the lore, but as dedicated fans, we'll get through that, won't we? <laughs> How many comic books are there, are there currently in the world that have spy kids in them? Uh, there's... Look, yeah. comic books is like a, a loose term. And, Art and I think would when, be better. When Disney bought up all the Star Wars rights, they bought up all the spy kids rights, rights as well. That's not what's in the deal. It wasn't said, but I'm assuming... It was just, it was, there was a a sheet of paper crumpled up, (laughs) fell into the bin, uh, and they took the bin full of all the Star Wars ideas. Kevin Feige said, get me the hottest trilogy of the last 40 years. They said, boss, we've got two. We got Star Wars and Spy Kids. You've fucking done it again, lads. (laughs) We've done it again. (laughs) You've sorted this now. And (laughs) maybe Kevin Feige wants smell-o-vision for, like, the the Hawkeye series. He wants that technology. He's going to get Robert Rodriguez in a room. How did you do it, Rob? 
How the fuck did you do it? I want that for fucking Falcon and Winter Soldier. And how did you get a bunch of pieces of paper that smelled good? <laughs> Give me your secrets, Rodriguez. <laughs> he says war them. Give me them! I need to know! I need to know before phase five! <laughs> okay, if there was, like, a Marvel movie to incorporate Smell-O-Vision, which, what, like, franchise, like, what character do you think would suit best? Oh, who smells the best out of the Marvel Universe is what you're asking me. Or or what, like, stories generally encompass the most smells? Mmm, mmm, this this is a tough one. Uh, See, it can't be Gary, there's no smells in space. So Can't smell in space, that's that's famously known. You'd have to, everyone knows that, I've tried it. Nearly died, but um, I went up and was like, Jesus, there's no air here. Better back, back down, lads. Yes, I better go back to where the air is. <laughs> um, I mean, Iron Man, I'm sure he goes on nice holidays to lots of lovely places. They probably smell very nice. That's um, true, that's true. Tony Stark, he, I'd say he has some serious aftershave as well. It, well, well, we know from Endgame he wears Lynx Africa, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, no, well then maybe I take that back. <laughs> uh, I, I, the correct answer, by the way, is Spider-Verse. Because all cartoon food is delicious and would smell amazing. Ah, oh, yes, of course. And and that burger that they eat, um, oh. that, that Jake Johnson eats, you're just like, damn. So damn. I, I bet Jake Johnson smells nice. Well, maybe not in that movie, actually. No, I'd say he smells a bit like piss. <laughs> to be honest with you. Okay, that's my, that's my tangent. I'm happy now. I'm satisfied. <laughs> By the way, just before we move on from the Spy Kids, the fact that I didn't realise you'd be this excited about the fact they were doing another Spy Kids. Um, Robert Rodriguez, um, he actually directed Alita Battle Angel that was produced yeah. by James Cameron a few years ago. He's also currently working on the Book of Boba Fett series and has been working on The Mandalorian um, for the last year or two. So, what if it's a completely it, different tone than the original Spy Kids? What if it's like Spy Kids, but it's like people are trying to kill them? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like Spy Kids, but it's like child soldiers. Child soldiers, and like they're replaceable. So like it's the little lad and the little girl, and they're like, oh wow, my sister. And halfway through, his sister gets bitten by a bear trap, and he's like, I'm leaving you behind. You're fucking oh, useless to me. Yeah, they're just grown in like tanks, and they're just hauled out whenever <laughs> they need fucking new Spy Kids. Nobody's going to suspect a little ginger kid. Get in there. Learn their secrets. <laughs> okay, I think we might have gotten too dark with that one. <laughs> um, so we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And Sean, this is about Matrix 4. Um, so we all know this is coming out in December and nobody knew what was going to happen in regards to HBO Max sold off all the rights. Yeah. And so that was causing a lot of issues in the cinematic world. But mostly people were kind of confused. Why is Matrix 4 happening? How is it happening? Due to the fact that the last one ended with some, you know, I would say Neo doesn't come out too well in the last one. No, I would say most of the main cast are dead. No, I, a lot of them, a lot of them would be. And so everyone's kind of like, what's going on with Matrix, Matrix 4? Now, the title of Matrix 4 has been revealed, Sean, and it might reveal some plot details of what they're trying to do. Um, because the Matrix will now be called The Matrix Resurrection. To go along ah. with Reloaded and revol- Revolution. So, Sean, is this the one where they bring Neo back from the dead? I guess. Because Neo is already, like, a Jesus figure. 
um, in the Matrix. So I guess the resurrection would kind of make sense. I, I wonder what the like inciting incident for the resurrection would be because okay okay the matrix gets exponentially more complicated every movie yeah, um, because with, they have to keep they they solve something and then they create two more plot holes yeah and so they need to just keep uh building and building and building but on in the last matrix movie and spoilers by the way but it's been out for ages um, when did when did revolutions come out it came out the same year as Revelations, didn't it? Um, <laughs> it did, Cause, yeah. No, because one came out in January, the other came out in December. Um, yeah. And then uh, it was 2003. The oh, my God. <laughs> that was 17 years ago. Holy shit. That, yeah, so I'm not even giving you a spoiler warning. Neo dies, right? Mm. He, he sacrifices his life to... Bring Agent Smith to Machine City so that the machines can delete him because Agent Smith is a virus or it's a so rogue code. Yeah, yeah, we all know the plot, shot. It's so easy to understand. But I think... Uh, okay, my my thought is that it's... At the start, it's not Neo's mind in Neo's body. I think it's right. like the hive mind of all machines will be in Neo's body. And Neo... There's like a little crumb... Of Neo left in there. And that slowly retakes control of the body. Uh, and that's how Neo's brought back to life. What if the next one started literally like the day after the last one? Uh, <laughs> in, like there's been no time jump at all. <laughs> no time passed. Nothing's changed. Neo's just like, oh, James, that was weird. That was a weird 24 hours, wasn't it? That went back, sure. Now it's everything's grand. What if everything has gone to shit? Like... How can yeah. it go more to shit? That's the thing. Like, they thought they had a bad in the original Matrix. But what if... Uh, what's the name of the city? Zion? Is that the name of the city that all the people live in underground? I um, think so. It's something like that, anyway. It's um, been 17 years, Sean. <laughs> it's been 17 years. So, what if they've just evolved into, like, you know, really brutal fucking ways of living? Uh, like, it's 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 a... It's a Look, I, 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 I dread to use the word dictatorship, but it's just like this, like awful state to live in, um, and somehow they're in, and the, then he, they're in the the Matrix is now just twenty twenty over and over and over again. Oh my god! Well, it's close enough to the time. <laughs> Actually, pretty fucking similar. Oh no, I've woken up again in fucking March of twenty twenty. But also, like, Carrie-Anne Moss is back as well, and she hella died in that. Oh, like, the most anyone could die. Like, there was a... And she had already died in the first one. <laughs> it's... There's a lot of dying. She's not... She's not doing great on the living to dying scale. No, she's not, uh... In, <laughs> she's... What is she? She's two for O on dying. <laughs> no, O and two. Yes. So between living and dying, she's 0-2. She's 1-0, lost twice. <laughs> yeah, for a while she thought she was grand, but then she died again. Yeah. I think you should really only be, at the most, one loss in that category. <laughs> for most of us, that's the case. <laughs> but I, I'm... The th- thing is, I could make all the predictions in the world. I have no fucking clue what this movie's going to be. 
Yeah, I, that's that's why it's so interesting and why, like, I wouldn't normally bring this up, but the fact that we know nothing about The Matrix 4, and so we're now, like, having to do the situation where, oh my god, the, the, the title has come out. What does resurrection mean? Does it just mean the resurrection of the series? Does it mean resurrection of Neo? It would have to be, because Neo, still, he's own one, himself. Um, so he's going to probably have to come back at some stage. Um, so, I don't know. I think this is a situation where we're going to have to, like, read every single thing about it, find out, try and piece it together. Because until the first trailer comes out, I think nobody really knows anything of where they've gone. Because I feel like, for us watching it, well, me and you, maybe there's there's probably a lot of more smarter people around the world that are kind of like, guys, you're obviously missing something. But for me and you, we're kind of like, you should have just left it. Why... I don't understand where you're going. Why you're coming back to this? I feel like there's nowhere to go. Yeah, like, and this is the thing with films. Um, you know, uh, more than a you know a sequel more than a decade after the last movie in the franchise is it. It better have a really good reason to come back and not just mm. be a. You know, the studio wanted a paycheck kind of a deal. And do you feel like the studio wanted a paycheck, Sean? Well, look, I think... I I think they looked at all the money that the other Matrix has made and they thought, more of that, please. And they thought, and maybe, imagine... Go on. I was going to say, maybe the Wachowskis, maybe they have like this great grand vision for what uh, the fourth Matrix should be. Um, but I just want to know if that was planned. And, and look, it's okay if it was planned in the interim ten years. But 17 it, years, Sean. 17. 17 years, excuse me. Well, I was giving them a seven-year break there. So, um, they took seven years off, and then even then it took them ten years to get this. Well, they made Speed Racer, Connor. Oh, sorry. No, I apologize. That took at least 16 of the 17. <laughs> so, I look, I'm, I'm actually like interested in seeing what they do with a Matrix 4. Um, I think, it, look, if it complicates the Matrix canon at this point... Fine, because it's already complicated. Do you think there's a... Uh, I was going to say, do you think there's an audience there? But I, I feel like that is not what I mean. Because we all know The Matrix is one of the biggest movies of all time. And everyone... I think no matter who you are, you've heard of The Matrix. Or like you have some sort of semblance of like pop culture in regards to The Matrix. But do you think like this comes out and everyone's kind of like, Oh man, I have to go back and see this. Like, the last one left me on tenterhooks for the last 17 years. That's the thing, yeah, is that does it have the, the I suppose, like, the fan base is there, definitely. But I also think that the fan base 17 years ago couldn't, it, the ability to discuss and look up all of the explanations and secrets, uh, that wasn't the same in 2003 as it is in 2021. So, mm. it's 18 years, Jesus. Um, oh my god! Oh yeah, I forgot it was twenty twenty one. You're stuck <laughs> I keep thinking it's twenty twenty. Um, but like, I I think it's probably people who saw it quite a few times in cinemas because it was either that or wait for the DVD. So uh, yeah, I don't I, 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 I don't know if there'll be as many see. repeat viewings. No, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what they do with this, and I think it's very similar to just a lot of movies we're seeing now, like even ones we've talked about in the show today. It's just. Is there legs if you bring it back after that big a gap? A lot of the movies that have been trying to do this in the last few years have not gone well. My example would be Independence Day, which was one of the biggest movies of the 90s and made a, a fucking shit ton of money. 
And then they were like, right, we'll do a sequel, but it's in like 2016 or whatever. And it's just not the same. There's no... there's Cinema audiences have changed so much in the past 18 years. Or they've changed so much in the last 10, never mind 18. So I'm just interested to see how they keep up with that in... In a movie, The Matrix, that was, like, so ahead of its time, I'm worried that it might be behind its time now. Oh, oh, big claims. Boom! Boom. (laughs) And that sounded journalistic as well. It did. I don't like it. Go back to jokes. (laughs) I like like stuff. Do you remember Spy Kids? Oh, I love Spy Kids. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know the bad guy's name in Spy Kids? This is my random... Go on. Can you you name the bad guy in Spy Kids? Is my question. Which Spy Kids? Uh, Spy Kids one. Ah, oh, he's he's he he has a lot of creatures that mm. are look they look like big thumbs. Mm. Uh, I I don't know. It's not it's not it's high on the fan club agenda. F- Fegan Floop. Fegan Floop. Of Fegan course. Fegan Floop is the name of a villain in an actual movie that came out. Played by Alan Cummings. But somebody wrote that in the script. They went. They didn't just say, "Oh, we'll come back to that." They said, "No, that's grand. We we'll leave that in." <laughs> It's very kid-friendly, but also incredibly unsettling. <laughs> As all kids' movies were, until about 20, maybe 2010, 2011. All very unsettling. And at the same time, you're like, I think this is for kids, but I feel like I shouldn't be watching it. The um, uh, Also, just on uh, The Matrix as well, that was... That was pushed back to 2022 and then was brought forward to December 2021, right? Mm. Yeah, that's it's, it was, it's down for December of this year. I think it's good for December release. I, it's I not think good it has... for if they wanted... Because they're on HBO Max, Sean. So they're actually mm. going to go onto the streaming service first. Oh, that might hurt them. Mm. But we'll see. That might not, that might not help them. Uh, so we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And this is Baby Driver 2, Sean. Um, we have confirmed that Mr. Edgar Wright has the script written for Baby Driver 2 and is already on his third draft of the script, which means he's probably getting a lot closer to have it completely finalised, which means they can now go ahead with a Baby Driver 2. Is this... I think this is his first outright sequel to a film I was just done. about to say, yeah, he doesn't generally do sequels. No, he normally um, goes to a world and then just does a movie and then comes back out of that world and goes to something else. But this what is his first time that he's going to go back to that same world. Do you think a Baby Driver 2 is a good idea or do you feel like he should have maybe moved on to something else? I don't know because it's a really... like like it's it, as, as a story, it's got a very good beginning, middle and end and it kind of ends that particular part of... Um, the baby baby's life um and it's like he he's on a, on a new path at this point um but the sequel if it follows him i feel like it could just be he's you, you know he's back in for one last job kind of a deal um i think that was the la- the club the last one though cuz he was kind of like oh i'm happy i'm in love he and they're like, oh, we're go- yeah, you, you, yeah. They're like, you're gonna do one last job for us. This is the this is the big one, and the cast of the last one is amazing. Now we're not gonna really talk about Kevin Spacey, not great, but like John Hamm, you've got Elsa Gonzalez, Jamie Fox, um, John Berntal. Like they're all the cast is really strong, along with Ansel Elgort and Lily James. So like, you 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 have them all there. The case is 
well, some of them are not going to be there. <laughs> I'm not going to give spoilers. But some of them won't be there for the second one. Um, but if they're doing a second, as you said, where do you take the character? Because we've already seen that he's he's amazing at driving. He's a great driver and he just wanted to get out. And is it a case of, it's one last job, come back in, and then you, you do this and then you're done again? I don't... Yeah, because, like... This this is so such weird uncharted territory. I'd, I'm I'm almost more interested to see how Edgar Wright handles a sequel than I am to see a sequel to Baby Driver. If that makes sense. Because mm. I think it's and Edgar Wright is one of the best directors probably working today. And it's just we we would normally have full faith if Edgar Wright had come out and said, "Oh, I'm working on a different project." entirely I think me and you would immediately go oh that's a great idea it's, it's going to be really good it's only for the fact that it's Baby Driver 2 that we're kind of like is it going to be good and this was like a weird scenario where we're somehow doubting Edgar Wright making a good film yeah who has ne- like he's never given us cause to do that in the past but I just wanted to like go on record we both love Edgar Wright um, mm. and this shows no one is safe from us doubting if sequels are <laughs> a good thing or not yeah, I, I just think in general, sometimes a movie is great because there's only one of them. Um, and I'm just, I'm interested to see what he does with it. As you said, it could be way more interesting just to see how he goes for the sequel. Maybe Lily James becomes the driver. Maybe her character is becomes the lead actor and um, Ansel Elgort kind of takes a step back. Something like that. I don't know where you could go. Yeah, like, or, or he's... It's I don't know because, yeah, it like it does. I don't see where you go with it now. I'm, sh- I'm sure if there's a script written and it's been written and rewritten a couple of times, um, there there's probably a cohesive way of telling that story. Um, I guess you do it that like after he comes out of prison at the end, um, trying to set up a new life or something like that. Yeah, um, I'm I'm really interested. I'm I'm excited though because I think Baby Driver is one of those movies that like. I think when it first came out, a lot of people seen it, but then a whole host of people didn't. I think it only made like two hundred and fifty million, which I think it was Edgar Wright's highest grossing film. But it's one of those where he always deserves more. Like for Hot Fuzz or for Shot of the Dead, you're always thinking, Oh, like if they'd made a few more million, he they could give him a sequel. So I think Baby Driver made too much money that they were like, We're not they couldn't say, Okay, no more sequels because there's clearly love for that universe. Um, it's just one of those movies that if you haven't seen Baby Driver I would definitely recommend it just to see it just for the studs and for the story itself It's it's got the weird charm of of all of Edgar Wright's films but it's also got some cool stuff in it as well and it's a great cast as we've said yeah and great driving and great music it's just like it's as as like a, a, a film by a filmmaker it's I would nearly call it like a masterpiece of a film because it's everything that he wanted to make I think one of my favourite parts of that is, like, Baby's always listening to music, and um, if you go to the cinema, to if you went to the cinema to see it, at some stage he takes out one of his headphones saying it's right here, and then the music only comes through the left speaker in the cinema. So you're only hearing it from the left side, or if you have, like, surround sound at home, or if you have your headphones in, it'll only play in whatever ear he's listening to it. Yeah, and and any time that there's no music playing, if you're listening to headphones, there's a slight, like, whine from tinnitus. Because mm, he has that. That's the plot. If you haven't seen it, <laughs> it's not just in general. That's not the main plot. It's not just a man. No, with that's not the main plot. But day. that's that's a character trait that he has. 
Yeah, and so like it's just, it's a, it's so there, there's so much consideration put into that movie and everything. Um, yeah, I'm interested I'd to be, see look, the sick what has the same. Yeah, exactly, and I look presumably it will. Yeah. Um, okay, Sean. I'm. We're going to move on to something that I know you love, and that is oh, live is... action remakes. Yeah. What did Boom. I say at the start of this? What did I say at the start of this? I yes. knew something like this will come up. He just loves live action remakes of old Disney properties, don't you, Sean? I yeah yeah I guess yeah. what I yeah. love talking about them with you, Connor. Mm. That's the and best you know, part of my day. Do you know what else you love? Josh Gad. You think he's great? I think he's no, a nice man. You're bad. not doing Frozen, are they? Is it, no, he's not doing, <laughs> not doing Frozen. They're rebooting it. Live action. No, I think even they are like, we'll wait another few years. I'm not saying they wouldn't do it. They definitely will. They They're just probably going to wait another few. But they are going to be doing a Disney's Hunchback of Notre Dame live action remake, Sean. And Josh Gad has told us it's getting as close as ever. It's definitely coming out. But why? why? Is, <laughs> it, is it not a bit insensitive to burn Notre Dame again? Surely somebody should have said that somewhere in the in the meetings. Sorry, boss. Just really quickly, um, it's after burning already. Yeah. Just, and it, in live take, action, it happens. It was. It was in a live action. If we're going to do it live action, it's going to have to be bigger. <laughs> we're going to have to hold up, burn the whole fucking city. That's. I don't want to see like that movie in live action. That movie's great already. Yeah, yeah but what the if there was another one? Connor, what I'm going to do, I'm just going to go back and find the last time we talked about a Disney reboot, and I'm going (laughs) to chop all my answers into this, okay? (laughs) Okay. Just like completely different tones. Like, Sean, what do you think of this? Yes, I think it was pretty good. Yes, what a great idea. But Lilo and Stitch is brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just think you've you've got the 15th century Paris, you've got a puppeteer, Sean, he tells us a story of Quasimodo. It's all great. Josh Gad is there. It's going to be amazing. And who's Josh Gad playing? I can only assume Quasimodo, but maybe not. He's Esmeralda, as it turns out. He's Esmeralda. But it's a case of love and loss and fire. I just think it needed a remake. I didn't quite get the story from the cartoons. The drawings didn't do it justice. I was thinking, watching Lion King actually suspiciously, watching it, I was thinking, this is much better. And the shitty drawings and Elton John, fuck off. But you, but, but, but you know all those see like the dramatic scenes where he's dancing around Notre Dame and swinging on ropes and shit. Mm. It's just going to be a man walking around singing this time. <laughs> Isn't that cool though? I walk and he walks. I'll see him on the screen going, I do that. Holy shit. I, uh, is it going to be a musical? Is there any news on that? Um, I think if Josh Gad is involved, Sean, it is going to be musical, yes. Okay. Get, can I make one casting request? Yes. As uh, Frollo, the baddie, I want Charles Dance. Oh, that's good. <laughs> just have him, like, give it his weird, like, his deep voice. Yeah, like, get, just give me Tywin Lannister and just give me that and... Roll with, roll with it for the movie. <laughs> then I'll give it a chance. Okay, and have it, have it end him on the toilet. <laughs> That's how I want it to end. Just hard cut to Game of Thrones. 
<laughs> Cut the Game of Thrones. Um, I, I think this is a terrible idea. I'm saying this in a positive way. But as the story with all of the recent remakes, as Disney loves money, they have a tendency to look at a thing that's good and think, we'll just do it again, copy and paste the plot, and maybe add some Josh Gad, and we're rolling in the money. Yeah, but... Oh, and it's oh, and they're gonna fuck up Disneyland Paris for this, aren't they? <laughs> it's just well, gonna yeah. be themed like fuck. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. I I think this could be it, Sean. I think. I mean, Josh Gad is working on two reboots currently. He's working on this one, and if you don't like this one, Sean, he's working on a piece of Honey I Shrunk the Ki- Kids sequel alongside Rick Moranis. Yes. Oh. Okay, is that impressive anymore? Because we've ha- we've had Ant Man, Connor. We've had Ant Man and Ant Man Two. <laughs> and do you want to know even more bad news? Yeah, he's working. You know what? I know what you were thinking. They did a live action Beauty and the Beast sequel or reboot, I should say, not a sequel. And Josh Gad was in that movie. None of them are new original stories, Connor. No, no, it's just, why would you do an original story? But they decided that they're going to do a... That was a few years ago. I think that was like 2015. That was a lot of years ago now. Um, And so it did very well. It was a a movie that was seen as quite good. But, Sean, what if I told you right now, not only is Josh Gad playing Quasimodo, not only is he in a Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, but he's doing the triple threat. Because he's trying to absolutely ruin your day. They are going to be doing... He will be reprising his role of LeFou in the Beauty and the Beast prequel series centred around the main antagonist, Gaston. (laughs) The series will be six episodes of live-action, musical, entertainment shot. I'm... I'm too... (laughs) I can't do this, Connor. I can't do this anymore. I can't talk this movie news every week. <laughs> I'm I'm done. I'm broken. A lot of people don't like Josh Gad, and he gets a lot of hate because he's kind of you know he's he, I think he's I think he's a nice man, but a lot of people don't like him. I will say he's not doing his PR the greatest service by just deciding he's going to appear in every live action remake of everything. Yeah, he's just heavily paid by Disney. Uh, now, the thing is, <laughs> it, it, leave Josh Gad aside. Beauty and the Abomination, is it? <laughs> if, if Tim Rod turned up and he started killing Beauty and the Beast, I think that you'd watch that movie. I, I absolutely would. But, yeah. the, but you must also hate this as well, because it's trying to give a villain a sympathetic origin. I, I despise that. Why do we need that? Let him be a villain. Some people are just shithouses. Because the thing about Gaston is, like, he's the villain. Yeah. Like it, he, he, he portrays himself as the hero, but he's the villain, and that's what that story is about. And it's like, that's looks why it's interesting. Oh, that's, but now they're just going to say that the beast killed his father or some shit. <laughs> yeah. The beast killed his father and bullied him when he was a kid. And now he, that's why he's a dickhead. Who played uh, Gaston in that movie? Oh God, um, I I have no idea. I have no clue. Do you want to I use a one? I feel like Googs? it's someone. Yeah, I'm going to use my one Googs here. Uh, Is it Luke Evans? 
I don't know. Dan Stevens. Oh, right. Uh, who <laughs> Big you know, Dan. Have you have you watched uh, the Eurovision film? Yes. He's the Russian dude. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. I would watch a prequel of the Russian dude in Eurovision before a Gaston's prequel. I yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that would be fucking brilliant. For <laughs> <laughs> Josh Gad is there. Just let him sing. The man just wants to sing, but he doesn't have to do it in all these reboots. No, he doesn't have to he doesn't have to be in Artemis Fowl. Write him a genuine original idea and let him fucking sing his look little heart out. I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm genuinely tired of like. Do you remember Star Wars fatigue? That that was a whole thing that was going on back when yeah. we were on the radio. Now it's like reboot fatigue. That I'm just mm. genuinely. It's just going to happen around me, and I'm going to pay it no mind. <laughs> and they're all going to make a billion dollars. Like, they're absolutely. Um, so, Sean, we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And this is actually something to do with the MCU. Um, so, over the last few weeks, we have heard uh, lots of news in regard to Charlie Cox will be once again donning the suit of Daredevil. Uh, yes. For Spider-Man 3. And within that, Jessica Jones could be coming back for her own series. But not only that, Sean, now we have news that John Bernthal is, could return as the Punisher in his own MCU movie or TV show. What are your thoughts on that? Interesting. He's a very good Punisher, is the thing. Mm. Um, Punisher be an odd one, because it's 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 very violent for, you know, family-friendly MCU fun. But, but they are like doing an R-rated Daredevil. That, uh, that's uh, Deadpool. Sorry, Deadpool, and then you also have um, Charlie Cox is on my mind. <laughs> but yeah, you have um, an R-rated Deadpool, um, but they also have, say, Blade coming out that we don't know if that is R-rated. Morbius is kind of in and around there. So that's true. There that is they're precedent. kind of toeing the line, uh, and they're they're pushing it a little bit, which I think is good that they're not just setting a formula and sticking to it. Um, as for where the Punisher would fit. Um, in the mar- in the modern MCU universe, I don't know a huge amount about the Punisher other than what's been like in movies and TV shows. I never really liked the comics a whole lot, um, mm. but I would like to see that kind of man on the ground view of you know all the threats that are going on, basically. No, he his power is that he's just really really good at killing people. He's incredibly is- angry. <laughs> Like and he's just really angry and he loves killing people. Um which I mean I you know what, I think I'm gonna go no. Just that, that's probably the stance I'm gonna take. Just in regards that I think John Berntal as the Punisher is really, really good. I think he's perfectly cast and he's great in the role. But I don't wanna see more Punisher. I think he's more interesting when he's with somebody else. Like the series the second series of Daredevil gets a lot of hate. But the first few episodes when they're fighting amongst themselves and like Daredevil's like, no, you can do it another way. And he's like, your way doesn't fucking work. They're just going to keep killing. And that's a really interesting contrast. But I never found him that interesting by himself. I just found that he was just going around murdering people. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. But fine. But I, I'm not that interested personally. Um, even though I love John Berntal in the role, I don't know if he would work in the MCU or have that, that much legs to stand on unless he's in amongst other people. 
Yeah, I think he would work in like a, a T. Like if you assembled, you know, the New York street level guys like Daredevil and Jessica Jones and the Punisher, then maybe um, it could work. I, like I said, I'd be, look, I'm interested in seeing how that man would view, you know, the arrival of Thanos and things like that. But I'm also, he wouldn't be as high on my list. He's not one of my most liked characters anyway. Um, yeah, so not- and a lot of people do like him, but just Absolutely. personally, yeah, but, yeah, and that, that's fair enough. But I personally, for me, I feel like there's more interesting characters they could go down. You can bring John Bernthal in as an add-on to like they're doing She-Hulk, and that's where Kristen Ritter is playing. Um, she's coming in to play Jessica Jones in that. Like, if he was also brought in that way, and then she's like, "Oh, I know a person, I know a guy who could solve something for us." Or, or something along those lines where he could appear for an episode or two or three. I don't know if... Like, even when he had his own series, I was just kind of, like, not that pushed. I was like, oh, Jessica Jones is great. Daredevil is great. Do I want to watch a Punisher? I kind of threw him in with, like, um, Luke Cage or Iron Fist. I was kind of like, fine, I suppose I could watch them, but I'm not really that interested. Yeah, I, like, there's... And, look, maybe they'll tie it into other series like like he's kind of a he, he's a vigilante but you could also kind of do like a put him in the same origin as moon knight if you wanted to if you want to tie him into that series Ooh, at all that might work y- yeah like that they were all in like you know uh, uh what's what's it called an an army they were all in an army <laughs> together <laughs> <laughs> I just imagined you in the fucking trenches. The boys, the boys over. To, what are they called? Uh, there's loads of them. They have guns. Um, so, <laughs> general, lads are fighting against the, the boy. The, you know the lads across the fucking no man's land. What the fuck are they called? The, the army, the army lads. They're they're not very they fucking nice. Shooting all of our lads. To be fair, fucking but you, no, but you get what I mean. That you could you could change that character like and. Look, people who like the Punisher are going to be really mad. You could change that character's backstory if you wanted to. Um, I would bring him in on Moon Knight for the sole reason that I think you bring John Berntall in as a character people can recognise and you use him to as a springboard for a character like Moon Knight where people might not recognise that character. That's it, and you could see like two different ways that these men have gone about being vigilantes. Because uh, Moon Knight is real, you know, mystical, literally gets his powers from the Egyptian moon god. Um, mm. and you have uh, Frank you could imitate that famous comic book panel um, where uh, it's the Punisher and Moon Knight talking and the Punisher's just like hey Mark you're still crazy and <laughs> Moon Knight says yeah your family's still dead <laughs> <laughs> I would watch that show just for that scene put that in the trailer I'd be like I'm all in that, like maybe maybe I'd like just have them team up <laughs> kind I, of an I, odd couple scenario yeah no I, de- I definitely think that could be the best way to go about that but if they bring the character back I think there's definitely ways you could use him probably not individually but there's definitely ways that you could use him but Sean we're going to move on to a small piece of news before our main event and that is Jared Leto news but only a small one a bite sized okay. Jared Leto news now we have talked a lot about Jared Leto's crazy stunts while he works on Philip, and the fact that he's just a bit of a dickhead to a lot of his castmates. Now, 
that could be using used condoms, sending used condoms to people, sending bullets, putting dead pigs on a table, making himself blind for no reason. Just general ways that he's just a bit of a shithouse. But lately he's working on a, on a, on a movie. Uh, and anytime he's working on a movie, I always try to look out for what the other actors say about him. Because Jared Leto news waits for no man, Sean. And you sometimes actively I like, seek it out. <laughs> I, I want to keep you updated on this man's on this man's adventure. Now he said that he was done with that. He was done with the method acting that he was going to be nice from now on. And we thought this is his redemption. Um, now he is doing a movie called The Little Things uh, that has come out now, and in the movie with him is Oscar-winning actor Denzel Washington, a man. Right. You do not want to mess with, would you say, Sean? I would say, look, we've all seen The Equaliser. Uh, I can only assume that's how he goes about his regular life. <laughs> I mean, I was just thinking, oh, he's intimidating. You're going straight up murderer. That's interesting. Yeah. I think he's a lovely man. I mean, self-defence, Connor. Have you seen <laughs> The Equaliser? <laughs> I mean, it's not self-defence, really. The uh, But what has Jared Leto gotten up to? So, in an interview with USA Today, a small, bite-sized thing, you might think, what did Denzel do? What did Jared do when all this is going on? Well, he was asked, Denzel, did Jared Leto do any weird, strange, bad fucking shit when he was method acting? Any of his tricks? To which the veteran actor responded, he didn't do any of that with me. Nah. He would have been paying a visit. That couldn't happen. (laughs) Proper order. Proper so, order, sir. <laughs> so my head, I I read that and I just thought, fucking hell, like, I bet Denzel's like an intimidating dude. So Jared's sitting there like, I want to get up the hijinks, but if I do, he'll kill me. <laughs> so I don't know what to do. <laughs> I just, oh, I, how do I make headlines? <laughs> so yeah I just wanted to include that Denzel Washington was asked did he do anything and he was just like nah he wouldn't have done anything because if he had he'd fucking know all about it and then um, he was asked um, <clears throat> did uh, what did you do with Jared like did you get on well with Jared and he said I stayed away from him he stayed away from me respectfully so we bow or nod from across the hallway literally we nodded ac- across the highway from each other one day that's it Jesus Christ <laughs> And then he turns it And Denzel says I did a little bit of metadactic on my own I'd follow him around I was outside of his apartment sometimes And he didn't even know <laughs> I won't say anything more about it I'll put it this way He didn't know <laughs> Egg in his house <laughs> <laughs> Denzel sitting outside of his house Was like I'm following him home Because I'm on the fucking prowl He can't follow me if I'm following him I'm gonna method act the shit out. I, he's method acting as Jared Leto. He came up to he came up against Denzel, and I think Denzel has somehow figured out a way to nullify the Leto weirdness. I, and look, if there was any man, it, it is for as we know, he is unstoppable. <laughs> he has no equal, ironically, as he is the equalizer. 
Um, oh, very good. <laughs> that is our small bit of Jared Leto news. That's our, a small bite-sized version glad of that. Keeping that well. Glad he's keeping well. <laughs> okay, glad he's keeping well. Glad Denzel keeping him in check. Um, but we're finishing off this week, Sean, with a man that I told you we'd never talk about again. A man I said, Sean, I promise, there's no more. Oh. And every single week I go back on that promise. Yeah. Because we are finishing this week with the news. That Mr. Zack Snyder's Justice League, it has released posters, it's released plot, we know what's coming out in March. There's been a lot of hype. This is the arrival of Darkseid. This is going to be a big deal. We have now found out, Sean, that the most hyped villain for Zack Snyder's Justice League, Darkseid, is actually just a sequel tease for Justice League 2. (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ, okay. (laughs) Right. <laughs> Hang on. So the yeah. movie, the the movie. Okay, the movie that is a recut slash remaking, refilming yeah. of the movie we already got that set up yeah. a sequel that we're not getting. Yeah. Now is setting up for a sequel with the bad guy who was teased to be in this film. That's what I'm telling you. Yes. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> and it's four hours long. How? I don't like this. I don't. And I told you. I promised you that we would never talk about this man again. But then I seen this piece of news, and I thought, this man, he just—he's an amazing person, like. He somehow wriggles his way to do a four-hour film and then decides, I'll set up a sequel. I'll fucking tease another one. Like, do you have any idea how clenched my jaw is right now? <laughs> Just, th- those jaw bones are, they're, they're very, like, they're very prominent, I would say. I'm just, th- there's veins popping out of my actual temples. Well, similar to the 2017 cut shot, Zack Snyder's Justice League actually still has Steppenwolf as its main threat as the DC's iconic team comes together. That's right. Darkseid is in this, but Steppenwolf is still the main threat, ultimately setting up a sequel that will never happen. Fucking... Yeah, and would this... uh, Is he hoping that this gets made in terms of, like... The HBO Max just gives him a load of money? I think that is the case, yes. Just make a new movie. Make a new movie, Zach. <laughs> Zach! For God's sake, Zach, just make a new one! So, I'm I'm actually like... I'm, oh, this news is... This is a bad... How have you done this to me? I thought I got away lightly with the Josh Gad news earlier. Yeah, I thought I I wanted to hit you with the one-two punch, but I thought you might actually leave the podcast if I followed the Josh Gad up with this. So you also thought that I'd hate the Spy Kids news, so I might have actually like yeah. snapped this episode. I thought this was I the week. Been... <laughs> You're finally going to drive me insane. <laughs> Every week for a hundred twenty weeks, I've been trying to make him walk. <laughs> the the plank? Oh no, sorry, away from the podcast. I see. Away from the podcast. I'm not a pirate. <laughs> Well, Connor, I'm literally tethered to this mic, okay? So yeah. I'm going nowhere, but I'm going to complain the dungeon. whole way. I, the podcast dungeon, correct. It's got excellent the soundproofing. Mo- a 
of course. That lo- lots of echo. That's exactly what you want. It's oh, it's pure stone, like. <laughs> some said, put some I don't know mattress or something, absorb the sound. I said no. Let him fucking bounce off those stones. I want to hear what it sounds like. I want to. I want to hear him four times in the mic. <laughs> Sean, what are your thoughts on this? I think this is a great idea. I'm. I. I. It's not going to happen though. Like what? What this is is it feels like a Twitter thread where, like, someone tweets, "Oh, wouldn't it be cool if this happened?" And then everyone just replied, "Yes." That's what this news feels like to me because I can't see Justice League Two, the Snyder Cut, the remakening. I can't see that ever happening. And if it does. Look, actually, I'm not going to make any commitments if it does, because that will end badly for me. Yeah, yeah. But it shouldn't, because they had they had a chance with the fir- the first time they made Justice League and they blew it. So they should just move on. Make Matt and Reeves as the Batman. They've been promoting. They've been promoting Darkseid nonstop. It's in everything. It's, it's he's in. They, I have not once seen one Steppenwolf thing. But when you really think about it, Steppenwolf was the villain of the fucking movie. So, they've promoted Darkseid, but I think they probably showed all of the footage of Darkseid that they had. Yeah, there's like that scene of uh, Wonder Woman looking at like the cave painting or the the engraving of Darkseid. And then there's the bit with him holding a hammer. And that's all that... I guarantee you, that bit of him holding the hammer, that's the last shot of the film. <laughs> So, Sean, what are your t- thoughts on this? I think we're setting up a, a sequel. It's great. Don't do this to me. Don't ask yes. me to comment on this, please. Come on. It's coming out in March. I'm fucking excited. I'm not. This is coming out in March. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gee, I have to set aside four hours in March somehow. <laughs> four hours to watch Steppenwolf. Who does Zach? Why would you put four hours down and think we wouldn't want to watch Superman versus Darkseid? Who's sitting at home going, "I need another three hours and fifty-five minutes to truly absorb Steppenwolf versus Superman"? Just yeah, or just like, oh, I'm I, this this four hours hasn't sated me. I need more. <laughs> I need more. <laughs> that is right, Zack Snyder. He won't leave. He's setting up a sequel. On this other movie of a remake of a movie that he kind of worked on and then had to step away. And now he's got a redo of it and he's setting up a sequel. That might not happen, but if it does, he's got the villain already planned. But but, but we thought that villain was in this one. (laughs) And that it would be done. And we'd never have to hear about it. I just thought it would be better for you to learn from me rather than watch it. And then realise, Jesus, Darkseid isn't in this a lot, is he? Jesus, there's only it's 20 not... minutes left, lads. And there's only 20 minutes left and Darkseid hasn't even popped up, really. It's just Steppenwolf a lot saying Darkseid's coming. I'm I'm, I'm actually upset now that you've mm. given me this news. Is the, are, are you going to be around for Wednesdays on Weird News? Uh, look, the jury's out. Uh, <laughs> what I'll do, you advertise to everyone that I'm in it. And then... <laughs> right. I'll just come in and say a couple of words and then leave. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll bring in Steppenwolf. That's yeah, bring in my version of Steppenwolf. <laughs> I leave that to you to decide what that is. 
I'm just gonna bring in like a shit little robot. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in a little doll. I'm gonna do a bit of ventriloquism. It's gonna be unreal in the podcast. Absolutely. Oh, that's when you really benefit from ventriloquism <laughs> is when you can't see anything. Um, Sean, would you like to take us out, please? And yeah. don't please don't leave the show. <laughs> Okay, if you insist. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Movie Mondays. We will be, we will both be back on Wednesday with Weird News oh, Wednesday. Yeah. We'll be back on Friday with a Hero or Zero, and then next Monday with another episode of Movie Mondays. And um, big thanks goes out to everyone who supports us over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Here's for Hire podcast. So big shout outs go to Waffles Williams, Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley, Ryan Evanson, Sean Jamieson, Dominic, Josiah Green, Annie Helmroos, Richard McGrew and Luke Hothoff podcast. Thank you very, 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 very much for your continued support. It, it really means a lot. Um, and thanks to everyone who's chatting in the Detective Development discussion group on Facebook as well. Uh, that's a nice bunch of friends. So if you want to join into that, um, talk about nerdy stuff and what we're reading and things like that, um, head on over there. Um, but all the social links are in the description as well as the email address. Here's Ryer underscore at Outlook.com. But I think that's about it, Connor. I think so. So I have been a very upbeat Connor Lawler. I have been broken <laughs> mentally and physically this episode, but also Sean. <laughs> okay, we'll talk to you next week, guys. Yeah. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.